Welcome to Humanly, the podcast providing allied health and integrative medicine practitioners with the most up-to-date, evidence-based and clinically relevant information. This podcast is a melting pot of ideas on health and well-being and does not replace the advice of your primary healthcare professional. Here's your host, Daniel Reuters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humanly. My name is Daniel Reuters. And today I'm joined by Dr. Robert Young. Dr. Young is a naturopathic doctor in the United States, and he's been in practice for over 35 years. He's written over 70 books and published more than 3,000 articles. He's also sold uh, 10 million copies of his book, The PH Miracle. Uh, Welcome, Dr. Young. I appreciate you taking the time to come and speak with me today. Oh, it's... uh... Always, always wonderful to be able to share with, with other people around the world. So, uh, uh, you know, so I'm grateful that you're having me on your show. Thank you. The reason why I wanted to get you to come onto the podcast, Dr. Young, was primarily due to the reason of all the happenings um, around the world in 2020. We've seen a lot of um, fear and a lot of people very scared about the COVID-19 virus. And I myself have done a lot of research and reading over the last eight months. um, And I've reconnected back to a theory that I actually got taught when I went through my naturopathic training at college, and that's the terrain theory. And when I was doing some research, I came across a few articles that you had written and I found them to be very insightful and, and very helpful with the research that I was doing. So you obviously know a lot more about the terrain uh, theory than I do and I would like to hear from you exactly how you originally got um, interested in the terrain and and whether or not you still think today um with all the developments in medical science, the terrain theory is still a valid principle. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, the terrain theory is is the uh, is the antithesis of uh, the uh, uh, in comparison with the, the germ theory. Uh, basically, germ theory has been around for over you know a hundred plus years. Uh, it's the focus of, of modern day medicine, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies and, uh, and therapeutic company, companies, even nutritional companies are uh, manufacturing nutraceuticals, uh, focus their approaches on taking drugs, uh, legend drugs or nutraceuticals to kill or to expose or poison, you know, invading microorganisms from the outside world that invade our uh, environment, setting up a, uh, or causing a, a specific disease. Uh, in, the, in the terrain theory, uh, the terrain theory is, uh, suggests that, uh, uh, that the environment uh, uh, within us has to be delicately controlled uh, we're talking now biochemistry uh, and also pH 
uh, at a very delicate uh, environment uh, based on biochemistry and specifically pH, uh, even our temperature. Uh, so temperature uh, is also involved in biological terrain. Uh, and that environment, uh, when it is balanced, uh, maintains the integrity of the human cell that makes up our organs and organ systems and thereby uh, provides the outcome, which is health and vitality. When that particular environment is exposed to disturbing factors or contributing factors, such as what we eat, uh, what we drink, uh, what we breathe, what we think, what we feel and what we believe, that can alter that biochemistry or the pH of our internal environment, then cells adapt to this environment uh, either in a, in a positive or negative way, and uh, health is either expressed or disease is expressed. So uh, in, in the germ theory, there are many diseases, and, and there's only one health. But in the terrain theory, there is only one disease, uh, and that's the compromised of the internal environment in a negative way, causing cellular uh, or membrane deterioration, genetic mutation, and out of that, then disease is expressed. In comparison, it would be compared to, in the germ theory, there is an infection where something is invading the body. And in the terrain theory, it is an outfection where disease is born in us and from us based on the compromised environment. In my book, The pH Miracle, I use a very, very simple metaphor, which uh, most children, if you ask them this question, will, will uh, answer correctly. Uh, but I'll ask you the question. The question is this. If you have a, an aquarium, a, a fishbowl, and in there a goldfish, and if the fish is sick, or if you're thinking in a larger macro view, the ocean, uh, uh, and the fish are getting sick, what would you do? Would you treat the fish or would you change the water? Well, you'd probably start by changing the water, right? That's what I'd do. Yeah. Now, that, that answer is, is absolutely correct. It's, it's common sense that the fish is only as healthy as the water it swims in. And so if the water is polluted, if you change the water or introduce uh, vibrant water, you know, clean water, uh, that, that environment then, of course, provides for health and vitality. So uh, disease is, is, is a symptom uh, and in of itself is not specific. In, uh, uh, it's more generalized in that, that these symptoms that are expressed, whether in the terrain theory, it's uh, sensitivity or irritation or innervation, inflammation, these are all symptoms of a compromised environment. So if we have any pain in our body, give you an example, if you're over-exercising, uh, when you exercise, you're using energy. And from that energy that you're deriving, which is electrical by nature, cells produce a chemical waste called lactic acid. That lactic acid can compromise the environment. So that acid is then pushed out into the muscle and that's, of course, then you uh, feel a symptom. That symptom 
of acidity from lactic acid causes pain or inflammation. So symptoms which have been associated with disease are nothing more than uh, specific compromises within the environment, okay, where the body hasn't been able to get rid of that specific acid. Lactic acid, of course, if it festers, can cause cellular breakdown, and cellular breakdown can can uh, give rise to pathological coagulation, where a protein is formed called fibrin that crosslinks, forming a clot. And those clots, uh, in the same way, uh, are creating you know a mass. Of course, and that mass can be identified you know, in, in different ways. Uh, it could be, it could be a solid mass. It could be a vascular mass. It could, uh, it could be a, a cyst or these masses are then, uh, associated with, with, uh, a disease. It could be a uh, degenerative disease like cancer. So these, these expressions of so-called diseases are in relationship, not to any specific invasion but a compromise in the environment, which is then where the cells have to uh, adjust or adapt, much like uh, food in our refrigerator. Uh, we put food in the refrigerator to preserve it. We provide a, an environment that's conducive uh, for it to maintain its current state rather than fermenting and rotting and changing, uh, where there's no real exposure to any outside external forces, we have an internal environment that's controlled and thus preserving the integrity of our food. The body does the same way. It does it by regulating and managing and maintaining the delicate pH balance of the internal fluids of the body. And that's where true innate immunity is found. It's found in managing the environment. And there's a there's a organ and several glands that do that. I call it the alkaline buffering system. And the major organ that manages the pH and biochemistry of our internal fluids. And there's three major bodies of fluid. There's intravascular fluid, which is the blood. There's interstitial fluid, which is the largest body of water. Uh, called the interstitium, it makes up 80% of the, of the uh, extracellular fluids. And then you have the intracellular fluids. Uh, the intracellular fluids are the fluids inside the cell. Those are the three main body fluids. Uh, when we get sick and the train is compromised, then we have body cavities that, that where excess fluid is not being released through urination or defecation or respiration or perspiration that can build up in our body cavities uh, and uh, but that's not a normal place where fluid is generally flat found but there are symptoms associated with that like pleural infusions uh, this is the excess waste uh, that's not being currently eliminated that's then the body puts that out in in the body cavities uh, and so these are these are things to think about. The originator of the germ theory has been associated uh, with Louis Pasteur. And uh, his contemporary was named Antoine Béchamp. And Antoine Béchamp 
is really the father of uh, the terrain theory. He wrote several books. One was called Lace Microzymas, and the other book was called, which is a very important book, called The Blood, the Third Anatomical Element. And uh, this is all based on the terrain. And he made a statement, and his statement uh, uh, was this. And, and in fact, uh, I think uh, another scientist also said something very similar. But he said that that uh, that the germ theory is scientific silliness. He also said that the germ is nothing; the terrain is uh, everything. And that's also been associated by another scientist by the name Doctor. Uh, uh, Claude Bernard, but the bottom line here is that that both Louis Pasteur, who postulated this infectious condition, I had an opportunity to travel there and read his notes, and there's no scientific basis that proves anything in relationship to his experimentation with vaccination, uh, particularly the vile substances that were being in there, providing so-called immunity, you know, by, you know, building some sort of antibody against some sort of antigen. Here again, this is just a theory. This has not been proven by any stretch of the imagination. But what has been proven is if we compromise the internal environment of our biochemistry, uh, you know, even the fluctuations within our temperature, you know, the body reacts to that. And this comes from within. Now, someone might be thinking about something like like polio. Well, what about polio? Well, polio, very interesting, uh, interesting thing. We have also not only polio, but we have now have post polio. Polio has never gone away. The symptom of polio is based on a terrain theory, and and the direct cause of polio was chemical poisoning. And the chemical poisoning of the time during the 50s is the the worldwide use of what is called a chemical called DDT. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with DDT, but DDT was used as a pesticide or an insecticide, you know, and it was also being at that time sprayed on children as a disinfectant. And, of course, when this chemical was taken into the body, it compromised and poisoned the, the terrain, the inner terrain. And this is what caused paralysis. This is what caused cellular breakdown. So the, the, the chemical poisoning uh, is also evident even today with COVID. If we look at the symptoms of COVID, uh, a fever. Uh, now, A fever is actually a good thing because the fever is the body's way of force elimination through the the orifices of the body. And so a fever, the body intentionally induces a fever to remove waste, chemical poisoning, out through the pores of the skin. The same thing with a cold. A cold is not a disease. It's actually the body in forced elimination to restore the internal environment from toxins that have either been introduced by what we eat or what we drink or what we breathe. So when we look at the the symptoms 
of shallow breathing or uh, the uh, loss of energy uh, or the lightheadedness or dizziness and even some of the more aggressive symptomologies such as uh, path, uh, DIC, which is disseminated intravascular coagulation. When we look at the pathology here, uh, I can go back to my, my dissertation. My dissertation on one of my doctorates uh, in biochemistry and hematology was pathological blood coagulation. And the question that I asked within my, doc, uh, in my thesis was why does blood coagulate inside the blood vessels? You know, uh, uh, when, you know, here again, it's a closed system, the, the vascular system. Why does it coagulate? And, and when we start looking at one of the symptoms of COVID uh, and, and one of the main causes, if not the cause, in all the autopsy autopsies that have done on those who have, who have passed on from, from this so-called uh, infectious condition, that it was pulmonary embolism, which is pathological coagulation where the blood cannot go into the pulmonary uh, system to go into the lung, where there's these little sacs, these alveoli, to release its carbon dioxide or toxin, you know, to maintain integrity and also of the environment and to pick up new oxygen. Well, when blood is coagulating, it can't go in to the pulmonary system because blood has to go in one cell at a time. But when blood is clotting, the question is, is what's causing pathological blood coagulation? And the simple answer is an increase of toxicity, either chemical toxicity, metabolic toxins, respiratory, environmental, and in this case, respiratory oxygen or respiratory toxin would be carbon dioxide. Now, if carbon dioxide is not eliminated, okay, because of blood coagulating, and the blood is coagulating because of a compromised internal environment. And what happens that causes blood coagulation is, is a very complex uh, sequence of factors, specifically factor seven, that produces a protein called fibrinogen that then becomes fibrin that crosslinks. And when cells are breaking down, they release what is called an exosome. That exosome triggers the clotting factors that in response to preventing internal bleeding and as a repair protein that has been seriously confused and associated with the so-called COVID virus. But it's not a virus. It's actually a repair protein. And so, and, it, and it's, it's not coming from the outside world, it's born from the inside world as a response to a compromised environment when carbon dioxide is building up, which has been triggered by maybe some other chemical, either from the outside world, from air, air pollution, such as in New York City, we're looking at titanium dioxide, we're looking at hydrogen arsenic, 
we're looking at carbon monoxide. And one, and, and one of the major pollution cities in the world is Wuhan. So we're looking at nanoparticulates, microparticulates, nanoparticulates, which are less than, are less than uh, 100 uh, uh, nanometers. I mean, they're very, we're talking billions of a meter. They're so small, they pass right through the masks that people are wearing. So the masks are totally ineffective, uh, other than maybe holding in within our own bodies, creating you know oxygen deprivation or hypoxia. And this is the condition, hypoxia, that le- leads to pathological blood coagulation. This is the pathology of SARS or COVID-2, which now today is referred to COVID-19. It's caused by pathological blood coagulation due to hypoxia, due to chemical and radiation poisoning. So so we're, we're looking at a terrain situation, not a germ theory where there's an infection. What is being expressed is the opposite of that, which is called an outfection. So disease, as Bechamp discovered in in the late 1900s, disease is born in us and from us, and that he argued ferociously uh, against this Pasteurian theory that we need to protect ourselves by injecting some other poison to create some pseudo-immunity, and yet when we look at the number of fatalities comparing for the last three to four years. Our fatalities, particularly when we're dealing with influenza, okay, or so-called infectious diseases, are no higher today than they were in 2019, 2018, 2016, 2015. In fact, they're pretty much the same, if not less. So there's not a lot of excess mortality, really. There's no excess mortality. Exactly. The fatalities. Now, if we're doing a PCR testing, retrovirus PCR testing, what are we actually testing? We're testing a, a, a biological fragment from our own body cells that are breaking down? Are we, are we uh, testing some biological genetic matter from a piece of meat that we had that got into the bloodstream or if we ate eggs which pollutes the internal environment you know uh you know for about 72 hours it takes the body to clear that out but it compromises the internal environment so we're looking at at this one sickness not multiple sicknesses or diseases, this one sickness, which is the overacidification of the body fluids, specifically the blood, but initially, specifically the genesis, which is the interstitial fluids that surround every cell in the human body, has been poisoned as the blood tries to purify itself, as the cell tries to protect itself and purify itself, it is literally dumping all waste goes into the interstitial fluid of the organ, which is the largest organ of the body called the interstitium, 
to hold that until it can be removed into the lymphatic system out through the pores of the skin or out through urination, defecation, or respiration. So the bottom line is the body is constantly, through this system, trying to manage and maintain our internal cleanliness, and therefore disease is born in us. COVID is not contagious. Influenza is not contagious. These symptoms are forced expulsion of chemical and radiation poisoning due to what we eat, what we drink, what we breathe. Even our thoughts produce waste that if not properly eliminated through the four channels of elimination can build up in the interstitial fluid. And in the case of SARS, we're looking at interstitial lung disease in the case with which is the fluid, the environment that surrounds the lung cells. When we're looking at diabetes, or if we're looking at pancreatic cancer, we're dealing with interstitial uh, pancreatic disease, dis-ease. In other words, the fluids that, that surround all of the cells in the liver, or the pancreas. This is where the genesis of all disease begins. And the, the stomach is the major organ that manages our chemistry of our body. The stomach is responsible for producing sodium bicarbonate, and that sodium bicarbonate is then used to bathe the food in alkalinity or used to take into the blood to maintain the pH of the blood and the interstitial fluid and the intracellular fluid and when we're exercising, producing lactic acid, it is the stomach that's producing sodium bicarbonate to maintain alkalinity of the environment so you don't end up killing yourself. And this is why people, when they're running marathons and they're producing so much lactic acid and the stomach's producing so much bicarbonate that the byproduct or waste product of sodium bicarbonate is hydrochloric acid, that this creates stomach and excess stomach acidity, you see runners on the sideline literally puking to get rid of the poison that the stomach has been producing as a byproduct of trying to maintain the alkalinity of the blood and interstitium so that you don't end up dying from your over-exercise or your, your so it's a full it's a forced expulsion. That's what vomiting is. Whether it's coming out as diarrhea, or if it's coming out through the pores of the skin in a night sweat, or whether it's coming in coming out from the stomach, because the stomach is the organ not of digestion. This is a false scientific premise. The stomach is an organ of contribution. And its contribution is the solution to the pollution in the blood and the interstitium. And there's no virus or germ associated with any of this. People that puke, they'll say, oh, you have a virus. That is crazy. That's not it's even the body, scientific. It's the body trying to detoxify itself. and Exactly. It's trying to restore. It's trying to preserve. It's trying to neutralize the pollution. And so the solution to the pollution is to manage the innate immunity, and innate immunity is found. 
not with the white blood cells. That's another scientific myth. The innate immunity is managing the delicate pH balance of the internal environment, which is known as the terrain. And you mentioned before that when the cells are in disease or they're toxic, they're expelling these things called exosomes. And they're, to my understanding, like a waste disposal unit. So if you're toxic or you've got damaged tissue, the cells are pumping out these exosomes to try and detoxify themselves. We're seeing these things under a microscope and we're doing a PCR test for them and we're assuming that the exosome is a virus. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. It's actually a repair protein. It's a signaler to activate blood clotting factors in order to prevent internal bleeding so you don't bleed out internally. So you're not bleeding from your nose or from your mouth or some other orifice. So I've found it really interesting looking through the literature over the last six to eight months and I've not been able to find any clinical trials that have shown human-to-human viral transmission. Now, I'm not sure if I'm just looking in the wrong place um, and maybe there are papers out there that show this, but I thought that it would be very easy to find this information of proving viral transmission between one person and another, but it's so hard to find. Do you know of any evidence that exists to show that or does it not exist at all? No, it's just the opposite. You find all the research that there is no transmission. That's right. I have not been able to find any of it. So I wrote a, I wrote a uh, paper, which I published, uh, a peer-reviewed paper. It's in three parts. You can find it under medcrave.com. But the name of the paper called, is called Second Thoughts About Viruses, Vaccines, and the HIV-AIDS Hypothesis. Now, HIV, uh, you know, I can speak to uh, very clearly, and, and, as well as COVID or influenza, you know, whatever, you know, COVID-2, uh, which is actually COVID-19, but it's this, this monkey business has been going on for a long time. And that's not my term. That's the U.S. government's term because they were trying to prove out <clears throat> uh, using Koch's postulates. Koch's postulate basically is, is the foundation or the gold standard for, for determining, you know, a specific entity, a germ, causing a specific disease. And one of, the, one of the first rules of this is you have to isolate the germ. And then once you isolate the germ, you have to culture the germ. And then once you culture the germ, you have to take that purified, you have to purify it then from purification where you've isolated, uh, purified it, cultured it. You then have to take that germ, that virus, uh, that pathogen, and you have to show it's infectious. So you have to, it's called monkey business because unfortunately they were doing animal studies. So they would, they would isolate the exosome, they would purify it, and then they would infect, infect, uh, infect 
chimpanzees to create the immune deficiency. They couldn't do it. It doesn't work because there is no HIV. It's a, it's a phantom virus. Well, you can't take repair proteins or protein signaling, signaling proteins that activate other actions in the body. Okay, you can't, you can't do it. So there, there, so you can prove the opposite of that. So in a second thought about viruses and vaccines, it blows up the whole theory that vaccines provides any immunity. That this idea that you can poison the body to chemically poison by injecting, you know, genetic matter, you know, uh, uh, coupled with ethanol, alcohol, formaldehyde, aluminum oxide, you know, adjuncts, you know, within that vaccine that you can literally put that into the blood without a reaction. But there's, there's no science that shows that there is a specific vaccine that provides immunity for a specific disease because there are no specific diseases. That's the problem. And there are no specific antibodies. We don't have antibodies that are labeled COVID. We don't have antibodies that are labeled HIV. How can you have that when there is no COVID virus, when there is no HIV virus? It hasn't been evaluated. It hasn't been isolated. It hasn't been purified. It hasn't been cultured. It hasn't been shown to be contagious or infectious by introducing it into another organism, creating the same symptomologies that we, which were found in the first specimen. You can't create it. It's never been done. That's why you can't find the research. But this is not good for, for, for business. This is a political, financial, economic question. This is not a scientific. There's no science on it. No, there's not. And it, I was sort of really blown away that I couldn't find anything. But what I did find, and you may be familiar with this paper, was the, um, the 1919 Rosenau paper that was done by the US Navy and the Boston Medical or Boston Health Service. And they had 150 sailors and they tried to infect them with the Spanish flu every which way they could. And none of them ever got sick. And there are no studies that have been done since that time to try and prove that viruses are contagious. So it's, is it likely that they did that study and realized that, well, we're never going to be able to prove that this is contagious and they just gave up altogether? Is that why we haven't seen any of those types of trials since 1919? Well, yeah, 1919, you have to understand what the cause was. I wrote a paper on it, you know, and here again, when we look at the cause of this, it's back to the terrain theory. What were they doing? What were they exposed to? This was when they introduced radiation in the form of radio, uh, radio waves. They call it non-ionizing radiation. I published a paper with Dr. Beverly Rubin from the University of California, Berkeley, where we did our uh, our double blinded study in London, England, 
on a group of uh, Edit Bay workers at uh, BBC who are being exposed to eight hours of radiation, theoretically non-ionizing radiation, and how that impacts the environment, and specifically the immune cells, white blood cells, specifically the neutrophils and the lymphocytes, and also the red blood cells. And then we provided one group an alkalizing dose to change the environment, and another a placebo. And those who took those, when we did the baseline, showing the damage to the cell membrane, which is causing, caused by radiation, and in the Spanish flu epidemic, okay, and even today with uh, the various generations of electromagnetic frequencies and how they affect the biofield. In fact, that's the name of the published article in 2001 in the International Journal of, uh, of Alternative Complementary Medicine, Beverly Rubick. You'll find my research there on the blood and how electromagnetic frequencies damages the membranes of cells that cause the corona effect. But I have pictures dating back 35, 40 years of the corona effect and the crowning of the cell due to chemical poisoning, due to radiation poisoning. We then uh, published this uh, in, a, in, a, in a blinded study. It was published in 2001, showing that even at 900 megahertz, and now we're up to, we're talking about 30 gigahertz, which is literally destroying the hemoglobin, because hemoglobin, for those who don't know, which is, which is the oxygen-carrying, waste-carrying molecule, which is identical to chlorophyll. It's what preserves the life of the red blood cell. Its main function of hemoglobin, okay, uh, is, you know, to act as an electromagnetic sink to hold on to oxygen or carbon dioxide and release those, or pick them up or release those within the lungs or release them to the cells. That's destroyed because the body, when it doesn't have the stomach functioning properly, producing sodium bicarbonate, and it needs more because of the excess pollution, the body uses its own, its own hemoglobin. And, they, and that creates a, 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 a loss of hemoglobin. And that's what we're finding with 5G radiation. But what we found it with, with zero, uh, the first generation, and of course we're now up to five, and, and, and the amount of exposure to disturbing our resonant vibrational frequency, our biofield, our unified field, is being disturbed by these caustic vibrations of energy. It's the same thing that happened with Spanish flu. Now they interpret it wrong. The same symptoms, you know, fever, you know, uh, you know, forced expulsions. Thinking germ theory, Pasteurian theory, they came up with the same crazy idea that we could build some sort of disease, you know, to provide some injection, you know, that would then provide some sort of immunity. It's never been proven. And what it ended up doing, the actual injection, was the infection. 
they injected the poisons directly into the bloodstream, which then further compromised the internal environment, which further then used up even more of the hemoglobin, more of the functions of the alkaline buffering system to maintain alkalinity, to maintain the chemistry. And of course, the basic ingredients in, in, in sodium bicarbonate is salt. It's the first thing that if you go to the emergency room, the first thing they hook you up to is salt because salt is the savior of life. But salt, you know, uh, when you take carbon dioxide and salt and water, you produce sodium bicarbonate. That's how the stomach makes in the cover cells, how it makes sodium bicarbonate. The waste product of that is hydrochloric acid, which is a poison that falls into the gastric pits away from it. It doesn't provide any digestion. There's no such thing as digestion other than mastication. The stomach is the major alkalizing organ of the human body, producing sodium bicarbonate every second, every thought, every word, every deed of your life. But how many people understand this? And so what we're doing then is in the Spanish flu epidemic, which, you know, hundred, uh, you know, I mean, millions about millions, we're talking about, you know, 20 million to 40 million people died, not from a phantom virus but from the injection that caused the infection that created pathological blood coagulation and, and the release of exomes and, the, and, the, and disseminated intervasculation, which called, caused pulmonary or the uh, codocytes and pulmonary embolism that led to people dying in their own acidic fluids. They couldn't breathe. They were suffocated by the injection. That's what's happening right now. I was going to say, a hundred years later, we're in a very similar position, aren't we? It's the same thing. We're trying to come up with a solution to the pollution, and there's already a solution to the pollution. And that's what I studied. That's what I write about. You have to look at what you're eating. You have to look at what you're drinking. You have to look at what you're breathing. You have to look at what you're thinking. You have to look at what you're feeling. You have to look at what you're believing. It, all the things that we're told creates, have... Yeah, this is the disease. You know, fear. You mentioned it when you, you, you opened up this discussion. Fear is an acronym that stands for false evidence appearing real. In the universal law, the opposite of fear is faith. Faith is the first attribute in thinking healthy. When you're in fear, you're, you're projecting your thoughts into the future. You're, you're thinking about something that might happen, which never does, or rarely does. Rather than living in the present, which takes faith, which is the first attribute in thinking happy, and going to gratitude thinking, I'm so grateful for my life, because every thought you have, every word you speak, every deed that you engage in produces requires energy that energy is electrical energy we eat food for its electron electron capacity we are like cell phones we have to plug ourselves in to the unified field the life force energy we are electrical beings we are energy beings that produce chemical waste if that chemical waste is not properly eliminated it then is stored in the compartments of the interstitium and and from there if not eliminated via the lymphatic system out through sweating or out through urination it is per, it is actually placed and stored 
into the fatty tissues, i.e. the brain, i.e. the breast, i.e. you know, the hips, the thighs, you know. Eventually it builds up, pours over into the blood, and then we have leukemia, or it goes into the breast. We have breast cancer or into the prostate. We have prostate cancer. It's all about the fluids, folks. It's all about the environment. It's not about the germ. And the solution to the pollution is not by putting more pollution. This is this is crazy. Thinking that you can treat disease with disease. When you look at the ingredients or you look at the the chemicals that they put in, even antibiotics, what does antibiotic mean? Anti means against, biotic means life. Antibiotics are against life. They just further pollute. If you take a group, and we've done this, one on the placebo, one on antibiotics, the healing time is identical. But the problem with those taking the antibiotics, it compromises the environment, which then causes what is known as pleomorphism. And pleomorphism is the many changes that, that the human cell can evolve in. And what I discovered in 1994 is the the pathology of this, where cells evolve into bacteria, into yeast, into mold. These are stages of matter. Matter, from from the physicist's point of view, cannot be created nor can be destroyed. If we cremate the body, all that's left are these living, indestructible anatomical elements, and they can be viewed under an electron microscope or under a compound microscope and be viewed as living and alive. And if they're reconstituted back into their environment, you know, they can organize themselves. You know, that's and that's a microzyma, right? That's the microzyma. The microzyma is the Beauchamp's living indestructible living entity, which is the only thing left after one has been cremated, when everything is decomposed. So it's it's not the DNA. DNA is just organized microzyma. It's not living. It's what makes up this matter. It's not the cell membrane. It's it's not the body. The body physicality is made up of these minute uh, living indestructible anatomical elements that organize themselves. <clears throat> and they're intelligent. And they contain information, just like a memory stick or, you know, on your computer. You have memory there. It holds information. That information is encrypted on living anatomical elements, the microzyma, that can receive information and can express information. And our and our and our blood, which you know is created from an erythroblast from an embryonic cell, which is formed in the crypts of the small intestine. That red blood cell is what becomes the muscle cell. It's what becomes the bone cell. It, blood is the foundational element for the creation of all other body cells. And this was discovered and talked about by Muhammad. It was talked about Moses. Moses said, for the life of all flesh is the blood. Blood becomes flesh. In our experiments, other scientists are showing taking blood and creating skin. Your skin is made from blood. Your bones are made from blood. 
Your heart, your organs, glands are made from blood. The quality of that blood is determined by what you eat, what you drink, it's, it, and what you breathe. It's, it's determined by its environment. The corona cell is nothing more than a, an aging effect of the cell membrane, which is caused by the environment in which it lives. Just like when you find moldy cheese in your refrigerator, that's an effect. It's a symptom of cellular breakdown and the change that's taking place over time of the anatomical elements that make up that cheese. The only thing that makes us different from plants and animals is the soul or the spirit that resides within us, which is also organized matter of finer material, but it's what gives life to our physicality. When we realize that we are eternal spiritual beings having a physical experience, not physical beings having a spiritual experience, and that the smallest physical aspect of our lives is built out, out of a living indestructible matter that organizes itself into an embryonic cell, into an erythroblast, into an erythrocyte that then becomes the whole body. What a sperm or an egg, which is made up of these microzymas, come together Okay, one drop of blood is formed immediately. When there is fertilization, a drop of blood is formed, and out of that drop of blood, all other body components are made. It's a miracle. That's why we're so fascinated with that. But Bishop had his finger on the magic of life. You should read, read my paper on that. Uh, you can find it at drrobertyoung.com. Go to, go, to, go to my papers, because I published this, A Finger on the Magic of Life, where I compare the terrain theory with the germ theory, where I talk about the foundation of life, the physicality and organization of life, uh, and how it is formed. And, uh, you know, I discovered Bechamp, Antoine, the French medical doctor and scientist, after my discovery in 1994 of biological transformation and the cell's ability to give birth to bacteria, birth to platelets, birth to, I mean, it, it literally is the foundation, birth to muscle cells, bone cells, etc. The, the biological ability to transform into whatever cell the body's needed. I mean, perfect example, when you cut yourself, what flows there? Blood. What does the blood become? The cloth. It becomes what is coagulated. Cloth? It becomes the skin. It becomes the nerves. Mm. It restores everything. Interesting. Uh, if you have an injury to the breast uh, or if you to, to to an arm, we I had one patient had an injury to the arm. He was going up for a layup in basketball, and he was slammed against the wall because the wall was too close, and his momentum took him into the wall. He used to break his arm to brace it. He ended up with uh, contusion. And that later ended up with inflammation, then went to induration, then went to degeneration and a formation of a clot or a tumor. And uh, he ended up, they ended up having to take the arm. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how sarcomas are form formed, you know, through some sort of internal or external injury. 
a compromise to the environment. You know, sarcomas are a lot more rare than melanomas or, or, or carcinomas. Carcinomas are, are the same thing. They're just injury from within because of compromised environment. But you don't treat the tumor. You don't biopsy the tumor. What you do is you provide a different environment. And then, you, and then matter can alter and change. You allow the body to heal itself. And you do that by managing the delicate pH balance of the body fluids. And that's the foundational hypothesis to the terrain theory. That health is found in the body fluids. That cancer is not a disease of the tissue. It's a disease of the fluids of the body. One of the major causes of cancer is lactic acid. Citric acid is another one. Uric acid is another one. What are the symptoms of uric acid? That Most people know these. Gout would be one. Yeah, so what do uh, you do? Do you treat gout by injecting more poison into the foot or the extremities? What do you do? You cut out the source of the problem. You stop eating right. meat. Oh, hopefully the lights are coming on. Oh, you mean... Meat is contributing to excess uric acid. The body can't get rid of it, so it's pushing it out to the extremities, i.e. the hands or the feet, mm. or in the breast, or wherever, into the fatty tissues. Obesity is not a fat problem. It's an acid problem. You just have to get off your fat acid and go to health. <laughs> so it's, it's, it, obesity is not overweight. It's over acid. Cancer is not about tumors. Uh, it's not about cysts. It's about the body's inability to remove its own waste products and therefore purify itself. The symptoms around that from enervation, irritation, inflammation, induration, ulceration, and degeneration are symptoms of the one cause and the one disease, which is the overacidification of the body fluids due to inverted way of living, eating, and thinking and breathing. Dr. Young, do you think it's that simple, folks? But guess what happens to business? Business is altered. Rather than taking drugs or diseases to treat diseases, you start focusing on, you know, the consequences of your choices. The disease is a reflection of your daily lifestyle and dietary choices. All of a sudden, now you become your own doctor. You have to take responsibility for your choices and the expression that your body is crying out saying, you know, save me. And the symptoms do not suppress because the symptoms are the expulsions of the waste that's from within because disease is born in us and from us. You do not catch a cold. You do a cold. You do not catch cancer. You have to do it. You do not catch diabetes. It is not a genetic disease. Genetics does, is only a player when the environment, which is called the epigenetics, which is outside the genes, is compromised. And then you get a healing crisis. You get a healing expression of the body trying to save itself, which you misinterpret and the doctors misinterpret as a disease and therefore try to treat the symptom, thus causing more harm to the patient. And in Hippocrates' oath, part of that oath is to do no harm. And yet, 
people are not dying from COVID. People are dying from the over-treatment of COVID and the symptoms, which is the body crying out saying, I can't breathe. You know, the blood is trying to, to save you. And you have to look at how can I open up the channels of elimination, remove my metabolic, dietary, and respiratory waste, restore the alkaline design of the human body by opening up these channels of elimination. What are they? Urination, defecation, perspiration, and respiration. And for women, they have five. That's why they live longer. It's called menstruation. menstruation. So if you have a fever, test your urine. You'll find that your pH is 5.5. What is the urine? The urine is a product of interstitial fluid. If you're healthy, you're going to have a higher number. But your urine, which, which is in medical science, you'll learn this in conventional medical school or naturopathic school, the urine pH, as, as it relates to a marker, is too extreme. They say normal is between 5.5 and, and 8.4 or 8.5. I mean, wait a minute. Time out. The pH of our interstitial fluids and intracellular fluids is ranging between 7.365 to 7.4, and you die at 6.9. Why are you saying that, that pH is, is normal between 5.5 and 8.4? The body's trying to delicate uh, monitor this delicate pH of seven point three six five, and so what 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 we find is in all sickness and diseases that the that the interstitial fluids are in compensated alkalosis as it's pulling calcium and magnesium from the bone to push into the blood to maintain its integrity because if the blood goes you die, so at six point nine you're dead at seven point one you're in a coma. You thrive rather than survive. You're surviving, but when we're testing people that are sick, they're near death's door. The pH is in uh, is between 7.2 and 7.3. Now, why is that so significant? We're talking about a 0.2 change from 7.365 to 7.165. You're dead. You're dead. You, you go into a coma at 7.1. You're dead at 6.9. So now we're talking about, from 6.9, we're talking about a, a shift, okay, of approximately point, point 0.4, point 0.4365. Uh, Not one, but a point, zero point. So this is so delicate. And, it, and so the interstitial fluids starts pulling calcium from our bones. What's, what, what are the symptoms? Osteopenia, osteoporosis, loss of mass of, of the skeletal structure is in every single case. People are losing their, bone, their, their calcium, just like off the coast, the Gold Coast of Australia. What's happening to the coral reefs? Yeah, they're getting bleached and destroyed. Why? Probably because the water is changing its pH, right? Exactly. It's absorbing acid rain. It's compromising the pH. The ocean's trying to save itself. People, wake up. Dr. Young, do you think that we are close to a time where 
terrain theory will gain more acceptance or do you think we're still a far way off from that ever happening? Well, politically, uh, you can see the battle going on and you can see, you know, the, the main theme is, is how is air pollution, which is good, you know, so we're going from one pollution to another pollution and that's not the solution. So just because we can't see it doesn't mean it exists. So we're going from carbon dioxide pollution by eliminating cars, going to electrical cars, which is producing out electrical magnetic pollution, which is more toxic than the air pollution. I mean, so when you're when you're producing an electrical car and it's put, putting out anywhere from 100 milligauss up to three to 500 milligauss, and you're sitting on that, and you're actually cooking slowly while you're driving around your electrical car because you're being exposed to two fields of energy, the electrical field, which is disturbing, and the magnetic field, which is even more more disturbing. And that's why we measure it in milligauss. But anything over five milligauss is toxic and cancer-causing because it compromises and destroys the membrane of cells, causing the Crohn effect. So this increase of electromagnetic fields is a contributing fact to the symptoms of corona. It's called high-altitude sickness. That's radiation. The high-altitude sickness is identical to radiation pollution. Radiation pollution is coming from Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is the major contributor to the corona effect. Do you think that the government and the medical system is going to fight tooth and nail to keep working under the, the germ theory premise? Or do you think that they... We're, we're talking trillions of dollars. We're talking about the biggest businesses in the world, the pharmaceutical companies. We're talking about them losing control, them having to, to give up you know, their, their etiology of treating disease with disease. Disease, disease meaning the, the, the treatments are disease in of themselves and actually infiltrating disease inside with this fake theory, this false theory of providing some sort of phantom you know, immunity, which is, which is ridiculous. There's no proof at all this, that, that these antibodies that they're so-called creating other than, wait a minute, what did we just prove? You did the injection. You created the antibody, so you gave a little bit of the poison, increased the antibody, the antibodies go up specifically to the poison that you just injected, and that provides some sort of immunity to alter the terrain from what you're eating, drinking, breathing. It doesn't. Or being exposed to in, a, in an environment of electromagnetic fields. You haven't corrected the problem. You have to literally move out of the cities, run to the hills, turn off your cell phones, Disconnect your Wi-Fi, you know, maybe go to landlines and we actually revert this whole story because we're going backwards. We're not going forwards. This is not scientific advancement. We're going to a system of eugenics and population control. People are going to die. And the reason they're going to die is because they don't understand the terrain theory and that they're, they're systematically being poisoned from the drugs they're taking, from the vaccinations they're being poisoned by, and from the, the air pollution and, and the radiation pollution. All of this are the contributing factors. The major ones 
in all of the diseases today are caused by chemical and radiation poisoning. And we're talking about not just Chernobyl or Fukushima. We're also talking about the major volcanoes that are erupting, such as in Russia, that are releasing toxins into the air. Any, I mean, and, and volcanic ash. We already know that Kona, Hawaii, is not a desirable place to live because of its active volcano. And the sodium, uh, the, 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 the dioxides that are released, the oxides that are released in the air that people breathe. It's chemical poisoning. People have to wear masks. You know, they have, I mean, they, they, when there's an explosion, there's soot and ash and chemicals everywhere. It's not, a, it's not an environment that's conducive to health. So, yeah, there's, there's natural disasters that are happening. Uh, you know, the breakdown of Fukushima and the exposure of ionizing uh, radiation uh, toxins, you know, in, into our oceans are now on the beaches of California. And you have to question where you want to get into the water or not. So there, there's so there's environmental pollution. We look at the forests of Denali, you know, and the acid rain that's destroying our our, our forests. There, there's evidence everywhere of of chemical and radiation poisoning. Some of it's some of it's uh, man-made created. Some of it's it's uh, it's it's uh, Mother Earth literally throwing up herself, saying enough is enough. So what's the answer to all this and what do you think the outcome is going to be? Where are we going to be in, in 12 months' time? Well, we, ha- we have to wake up. We're intoxicated. Uh, we, we've, been, we've been told a, a pack of lies. Uh, the, the real virus is the media. It's the, it's, it's the information that's being disseminated. The, uh, the disease is ignorance. And the treatment is common sense. We have we have to start looking at everything. We have to we have to look at our lives, and we have to we have to, you know, if we're going to live in the, the soup of acidity from without the environmental toxic, you're going to live in a big city. You have to realize you're exposing yourself to high levels of radiation. Uh, that you're exposing yourself to chemical pollutions. Uh, I mean, even Zika, I mentioned Zika or Zika, you know, is causing birth defects and, and neurological disease in the unborn and also in the, in, in infants and even going up, but mainly birth defects is caused by a chemical called glyphosate. Guess what? People stood up. Robert Kennedy Jr. stood up, you know, I mean, there's a major loss you're, uh, Based on the Nuremberg uh, laws of uh, rules of of, uh, of this mass, you know, extermination of, of, of the population, which is is going to gain momentum based upon you know radiation and chemical poisoning, and looking at vaccinations as a solution to the pollution when in fact va- actually it's accelerating. The disease complex because of its its it, because of its containing you know 
in some cases glyphosate, but aluminum oxide is, is highly toxic. Uh, thimerosal, mercury, uh, DNA or RNA fragments, genetic fragments uh, from human or animal uh, uh, matter, you know, when you inject that, you're going to have an immediate reaction, whether it's a chemical or biological, that this is, this is a poison, this is a toxin, needs to be dealt with. And uh, so what I meant to say, and I don't know if I said it clearly, is all that you prove when you vaccinate is you can poison the body and pray to God that you live through it. But, but I've never had these vaccines I, I, in, my, in my life. My parents did not believe in vaccination because they saw what had happened in, in, uh, with mass injections. Uh, particularly, you know, with with polio, uh, but also going back to the Spanish flu. Uh, here again, these diseases are accelerating, which can be because the most powerful thing you can have is not a gun, but a microscope. That's what gives me my power. Is knowledge. I can look under a microscope and disprove or prove. I can disprove. The, the germ theory. I can prove the terrain theory, but is that good for business? So That's the future has to look at, you have to look at what you're eating. You know, does it contain glyphosate or, or is it organic? Does it contain pesticides, insecticides, herbicides? Or are, are you, uh, you know, looking at that? But, you know, lawsuits have been filed against Bayer, against, uh, Monsanto and of one that this chemical poisoning is responsible for an increased amounts of cancer and leukemias like leukemias. Uh, so people are being awarded money. The vaccine injury uh, laws that were introduced to protect children who are vaccinated. Very few people know about in the United States that there is actually a fund to, to actually award you know, to parents, which is which is no award at all. You just lost your your child to a vaccine, and then when we we associate, you know, these chemicals and these pollutions, uh, these vaccinate so vaccinations of disease into a newborn, and then what is expressed? The symptomologies is uh, what is the connection between the gut, the blood. And the brain, so bowel, blood, brain connection when there's an injection and the symptomology is autism. <clears throat> this, is, this is no secret. Parents know this, that soon after, you know, the injection, symptoms of mat force expulsion, the body goes into pathological blood coagulation. We're talking about a baby. And the innate immune system was compromised, which is the internal environment. And it, with the injection, if the poison can't be emitted, the baby goes into pathological blood coagulation or DIC and suffocates. That's what causes infant uh, sudden infant death syndrome. Babies dying in their sleep from pathological blood coagulation. Hmm. Yeah. You know, because, and, because they're not able to remove their waste. That's right. 
So you, 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 it, it's, it's not a syndrome. The pathology's already been defined. But the liability on the other side is horrendous. Uh, Bayer Monsanto is paying out billions of dollars. Billions, with a B. Probably going to go up to a T, trillions. Billions on awards from, from people that are suing, or you know they, they have a fund now, to award people who have been injured by, by vaccines, by the chemical in our foods, glyphosate. I mean, whose crazy idea was that? And so that you fund. Have get, you have to get, you have to stay away from genetically modified foods. You have to stay away from foods that have been poisoned with glyphosate or any type of pesticide. You know, and that's the same problem with DDT. But the the, the here again, we're we're dealing with a symptom which has not been eradicated because you know uh, polio, which is not a virus, but it, but a chemical poisoning that's destroying the neurological system and and causing chaos to the nucleus of the the astrocytes, the astrocytes a bundle of brain cells in our brain stem, which manage your heartbeat, which manages your, your respiration, which manages the pH of all your body fluids. There's a group of cells in your brain stem that becomes suppressed. Even by wearing a mask, it becomes, it, the body can't regulate. It becomes confused. And it starts within this relationship between the bowel, the blood, and the brain, and specifically the brainstem, <clears throat> where you have this solitaris ascites bundle, nu the nucleus, totalis, it's called the nucleus, totalis uh, of ascites uh, bundle of cells which control and manage the internal environment of the body, the temperature, the pH, that becomes suppressed with a headbang injury or a neck injury or by wearing a mask or by, by uh, suppressing it with a chem chemical compound like glyph glyphosate. The body becomes confused about what it can do. It becomes suppressed. And is the body able to heal from that? or is that It can when you open up the channels of elimination. And start and to eliminate this waste when you you stop the inflow from your mouth of acidic water, <clears throat> of toxic food, of breathing uh, polluted air, by taking supplements that will help manage and maintain the alkaline design of the body. One being uh, sodium and potassium, or two sodium potassium bicarbonates, the salts, by using chlorophyll which is identical to hemoglobin by increasing, by eating more green vegetables and green fruit, by cutting out animal proteins of beef, chicken, pork, and fish that are high in uric, nitric, sulfuric, and phosphoric acids, by moving away from lactic acid contributing factors, you know, by giving up dairy, you know, and focusing on, uh, on a, on a a high electron donating diet I call the the alkalarian lifestyle where you're you're focused more on electron rich foods electron rich water you know pure air 
You know, you're getting out and exercising and sweating. You start sweating every day and opening up those pores of the skin. You're moving your body. Things are circulating. You're starting to percolate. And then you're starting to eliminate. And you should have three or four bowel movements a day. You should be peeing like a racehorse. You should be drinking approximately one liter of fluids per uh 25 to 30 kilos of weight. You know, you have to you have to hydrate, but not with, with just any water. It has to be functionally structured water. It has, has to have a pH of 9.5 to 10. It should have uh, an electron doning factor of somewhere between measured in, in uh, at negative four, uh, two, 350 to 400 millivolts. Something that's going to donate electrons. You got to plug yourself into life. We've really got a backwards symptom, haven't we? Without with with the symptom, don't take on the label, because the label doesn't define what's happening. The label of diabetes is interstitial fluid disease. It's excess acidity. Test the diabetic's urine. It's in the fives. It needs to be up around 8.4. You've got to hyperalkalize. You've got to do just the opposite. Rather than injecting insulin, when you start healing the bowel, you'll heal the blood. When you heal the blood, you'll heal the brain. When you heal the brain, you'll heal the body. That is the order of things. You can't start with the brain. You can't start with the liver. You can't start with the pancreas. You have to start with the base of your diet, your base of your lifestyle. It's called base lifestyle. It's an alkalarian lifestyle, which will heal the bowel, which will then produce healthy blood. So the blood, the brain, then the body. Everything is back asford. We're doing things from, from backwards to front. We need to start it at the source, at the core of the problem. Hmm. And uh, once we understand the genesis, and of course I wrote... And published a paper on SARS. Uh, Dr. Galena McGalco and I uh, published uh, uh, several articles in peer-reviewed journals uh, on SARS, on COVID, on on understanding respiratory disorders. You know, using nebulization and nebulizing one of the major antioxidants, which is contained in every single cell of glutathione. Glutathione without the alcohol glutathione without any uh, glycerin or any type of, of preservative, but just pure glutathione uh, diluted in a solution of double distilled water, you can nebulize that into the lung. You can infuse it rectally so it goes into the hemorrhoidal vein and starts alkalizing the body fluids. Hemorrhoidal vein, you don't have taste buds in your rectum. So you can you can put chlorophyll there. You can add salts. You can add glutathione. You can put these compounds in there that are alkalizing and supportive to the foundation of immunity, which is found in the fluids of the body. Don't take salt out of your diet. Put salt back in. Salt is at the foundation of, of the production of all other elements. So salt is the matrix by which electrons are transported for energizing all the cells. 
So salt has to go back on whole salts, not deionized salts or demineralized salts. Whole salts, you know. So these are just some of the ideas. These are things that, that we have found in, in, in our studies and in our research and with our client-patient base. And we've been doing this for now over 35 years. Combined, we have over 70 years of experience. And our success rates are in the 90s. And the reason for that, regardless of what the disease is, doesn't matter. Because we don't treat disease. We restore alkalinity and innate immunity to the fluids of the body. Without injection, without using radiation. So we, have, we, we offer non-invasive, non-radioactive uh, medical diagnostics using rather than for women if they're having a breast exam rather than using monography you know where you're pressing or stressing the breast tissue and then radiating the breast tissue which is only 50 percent accurate dr galena Magalco is is using ultrasound which is a test of anatomy to see you know the anatomy of the breast and then using thermography which is a test of uh, physiology to see the inflammation in the breast, and then and then coordinating that with a biological test of testing the temperature and the temperature variation. Because in cancer, temperature goes up. In inflammation, the temperature goes up. So there's an alteration. The temperature goes up in inflammation or cancer because the body's trying to get rid of the poison. So when you change the solutions to start supporting the fluids of the body and quit treating disease, please, people, quit treating disease. Do not buy in to the disease theory. All it does is sells more drugs and provides more quarterly profits for big corporations. Dr. Young, you so... Do, and you can do this naturally. And you can do it non-invasively. From the diagnosis all the way up to the treatment. <coughs> so what you're saying is we basically need to relearn everything or unlearn everything that we've learned, because well, most yeah, of what you said that because a, a, a scientist, the head of research at uh, John Johns Hopkins, many years ago, his name is Dr. Neil Solomon. He came out to investigate my work in the '90s at the request of, of Tony Robbins, who's quite popular in Australia. And Tony Robbins was one of my patients. And Neil Solomon came out. He was only going to stay a few hours. And he uh, stayed for three days. But uh, he helped me get my one of my first books published called Sick and Tired. A lot of people love that book uh, because it has a lot of information. It does have the, the, uh, the essay paper on A Finger on the Magic Alive, comparing the work of Antoine Béchamp and Pasteur. It also has my second thoughts of viruses, vaccines, and the HIV-AIDS hypothesis. It does have my dissertation, which is pathological blood coagulation in there. There's a lot of information there. Uh, but he, he came out, I showed him the, uh, the evidence of biological transformation and how body cells become bacteria and yeast and mold. <coughs> he said, this was Nobel work. This was in the 90s. 
And uh, he wrote a letter, which he shared with me, Tony Robbins. He said, Dr. Young is on the threshold of a new biology that will change the medical and biology worlds as we know them today. You know, so I'm a threat to the established mainstream thinking because I represent the new biology. I represent the new chemistry. I represent the new physiology, the new physics. That's what's portrayed in the release of, of one of the most watched documentaries ever to be watched called Thrive One. They just, the producers and directors, Gimberly and uh, Forrest, uh, uh, Gimberly, uh, Kimberly uh, and Foster Gamble released Thrive Two and introduced the terrain theory uh, which and also the non-invasive medical diagnostics of Dr. Galena Magalco and the terrain theory and myself and some of the dastardly deeds that these people that are in power trying to hold on to to the, the, the status quo, you know, keeping people sick. We don't need any more healthy people or people living longer, you know, uh, here again, keeping status quo and why bad things happen to good people. Also talking about the unified field and how we all access that and how our bodies are electrical by nature. Uh, we're, we're electrical beings. We're spiritual beings. We run on photons of light. That's why if the sun hit its face, we would all shrivel up and die. But we thrive on light. We thrive on that light that's converted into electrical energy. We are like solar panels. We are electrical. We Yes, we do produce as a waste product chemical, chemical waste, and those chemical wastes, we do have orifices to remove those, but when we don't remove them, they cause disease, and that when we restore alkalinity to our bodies and open by opening up the channels of, of elimination and start redirecting electron-rich foods, foods that we thrive on, we don't have to survive anymore. We can thrive on. And so that documentary was released last week. It's called Thrive On 2. All you have to do is go to thriveon.com. And uh, you can watch Thrive One for free, and of course there's a there's a charge for the Thrive Thrive On Two, but you can watch the uh, trailer, and then decide whether or not you want to go ahead and uh, pay for view uh, the Thrive On on your computer, the Thrive On Two. But but it's, it's two and a half hours. Sounds like a long time for a documentary, but it's so fascinating. It's going to take you to a whole new world. And I hope I watched, people share, share this around the world. And, and it's being shared in 15 different languages. Yeah, I watched it. It's a great documentary. I highly recommend everyone takes the time to uh, to watch the whole thing. Uh, and yeah, two and a half hours, it went by in an instant. There was so much good information in there. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow, uh, a new documentary starring Dr. Galena Magalco. And our uh, and our medical director, 
who uh, mysteriously was uh, left this earth uh, about a year and a half ago, actually two years this January. Uh, uh, Dr. Ben Johnson, who is one of the the uh, doctors in in The Secret, if you remember that documentary, The Secret, I do. Uh, and and those patients talked about The Secret are are our patients. But uh, Dr. Magalina, Galina Magalco is one of the major stars with other doctors, both uh, and also just not medical, but researchers uh, that are saying we need to look at diff- something different. Now, this documentary is called Boobs, B-O-O-B-S. Yeah, boobs, like women's breasts. The subtitle is The War on Women's Breasts. And if you go, if you go to boobs, uh, Google it. Uh, you'll see the documentary, and you'll be able to access that documentary. Uh, the bottom line here is is we need to to end the war on women in so many ways. You know, because women are the mothers of the world. They are they they are. You know, well, here again, they, the producers of men uh, uh, and women. Uh, the bottom line is we have to preserve their life and improve the quality of their life. They have a horrendous responsibility, and they're being they're being tortured with the types of radiation and diagnostic tools. And this doesn't have to be. So you'll learn a new way of non non-invasive medical diagnostics that should be available to all women as a choice. You can still have a mammogram if you want, but I would say no ma'am to mammograms. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're poisonous uh, where you can have a more effective, and they're 50% either false positive or false negative. I so read it. 50% mammograms that women are doing are false, false negative or false positive. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I remember reading a study a couple of years ago. I think it was done in one of the Scandinavian countries. It was done over a period of many years, and they I think it was about 500,000 women. So uh, you would quite never a large be told that study. If, but if what they found was that women who were diagnosed so unfortunate and have a, a tumor in your breast, no one would ever tell you if you leave it alone, <laughs> there is a chance that it will actually go away by itself. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's that's been our experience. I mean, we we you know, I mean, it's here again when we when you're looking at deciding what treatments, I believe you should exercise your free agency because it's your body, your life, and should be your choice. And uh, those who are choosing an alternative route rather than treating the so-called disease, but changing the environment, which is then the disease is then being expressed, this is the solution. So the solution to the pollution is managing or reopening the channels of elimination and managing the delicate pH balance of the internal fluids of the body. This is how you then allow the tumor, which is, is, is a per- protection, a prevention to other healthy tissue. The best analogy I have for this is if you take a, a rotten apple and put it into a bushel of healthy apples, what will happen to the rest of the apples? 
they'll turn into the same rotten apple, right? Right. So what the body does is if, if cells are broken and we have a group of cells, they'll be encapsulated because that will alarm the clotting factors, okay, i.e. exosomes, you know, but it'll alarm it once there's damage to the to to the membranes and to the lining protective lining of of our veins and arteries clotting factors are released uh if cells are damaged exosomes are released to begin the clotting factors the repair uh but the formation of the tumor is the solution to the pollution but you've got to clean up the pollution in order to get the the tumor mass to solidify and then break down naturally and disappear no treatment no radiation no chemotherapy no surgery and especially no biopsy because once you poke a hole in that tumor you literally provide a micro entry for more acid to, to pour in and that's why they expand in size after a biopsy well the body's not stupid it's sectioned off that tumor for a reason yeah it's not not for us to go prying into it to see what's inside it it's sectioned it off for a reason and when the body's ready it will deal with it as long as we give it the right environment it can do a lot um to heal itself yeah and you can you can see this this healing process by using non-invasive non-radioactive ultrasound uh and using doppler you can see whether it's vascular or not so you can follow this and ultrasound has become so sophisticated uh, that you can ultrasound a heart, a liver, you know, and you can see what's happening and you can test it anatomically, but you can also test the fluids of the body. We now have testing for testing the biochemistry of the interstitial fluids. Now that may not be available in Australia, but it is available at our, at our site. And sometimes we travel and hopefully we'll be coming to Australia and New Zealand soon when Things open up uh, because we haven't been been back there for for many years. The last time I was there was with Tony Robbins, uh, doing you know what he does there in 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 large groups. But you know uh, you know I, I look forward to coming back and and sharing this information and opening up uh, uh, you know people's minds and letting them see for themselves personally what's going on, on the inside in a non-invasive, non-radioactive way so they can, we can determine, you know, whether you're in compensated alkalosis or decompensated acidosis, if you have bone loss, you know, if you have muscle loss, if, you know, you know, these things are not showing up, you know, on other types of blood tests because that's down the road where the blood or the vascular, because the vascular system is always pushing out its waste and trying to maintain its homeostasis. And then when you electrically, you know, things flow because because blood follows chi, blood follows energy, you know, and that's all controlled by by the nucleus totalis uh, of the ascites uh, bundle, solitaris ascites uh, bundle of uh, brain cells that controls body temperature, that controls pH. When that is is active and functioning properly, then homeostasis is found and health is found, and and you do this in a non-invasive way. So you open up all the channels, you provide life force energy by eating the right kinds of foods, drinking electron-rich water, 
you know, and uh, you limit the amount of chemical exposure and radiation exposure that you have in your life. And this is how you start thriving. But, uh, you know, check out uh, not just those two documentaries. Also check out the PH Miracle Revised and Updated book. This is uh, chapter five. It talks about uh, the chapter is called COWS. COWS is an ac acronym to the four food groups, chlorophyll, oil, water, and salt, and why they're important in our life and how they help to manage and maintain the delicate pH balance of the internal fluids of the body. Uh, we've got a new book that will come out here shortly uh, uh, on the living interstitial fluids of our life, uh, describing the importance of interstitium uh, and, and how to, how to uh, uh, manage it and, and how to support it. And uh, so that, that book uh, right now is, is being edited. Uh, so that will be coming out in 2021. So we've got some great things on the horizon. Uh, to look forward to. And uh, what was the name of that book that's um, currently being edited at the moment, or you, you can't release the name quite yet? Well, we're still uh, you know, thinking about what to call that. So as soon as we come up with it, we're going to release that. But it is on the, the living interstitial fluids and uh, the largest organ of the body, the interstitium, not the skin, the interstitium, and how it uh, – and then – and, and then a chapter on the the, the nucleus totalis uh, solitaris uh, ascites bundle of gilium, gilial cell brain cells that control the homeostasis of our body and how you know injury both physical injury and chemical and radiation uh, injury uh, affects the, the function of that uh, grouping of cells uh, so uh, these are things, and, and then also understanding what the alkaline buffering system is, understanding what the the uh, the glymphatic system is, and how it supports the release of of toxins from the brain uh, during our deep sleep, and why sleep is important, and and things you just don't learn in medical school, you mm. know, and, and that are not being talked about. But these are these are the new discoveries, you know, pleomorphism, biological transformation. The science of of uh, nuclear transformation and the creation of of elements that are born out of the uh, from sodium, other elements are born, and so the new physics of the unified theory. All of this is coming into the forefront. You know, replacing the germ theory, understanding the terrain theory. All of this is is spoke about in our current uh, writings and our past writings and our future writings. And also in our in our uh, uh, videos uh, that we uh, produce, and and of course you can go to Forever Young on YouTube. That's P H O R E V E R Y O U N G, Forever Young uh, on uh, that's the the name of it, or Doctor Robert Young. And uh, I have over you know probably five or six hundred uh, videos there that you can watch. You know, I've got my Harvard lecture there. I've got uh, that I did uh, several years ago. I've got uh, lecture, uh, several lectures. I've got interviews, uh, that presentations, my testimony to the International Tribunal of Natural Justice on the cure for cancer. <clears throat> and uh, so these these things are there that you can educate. And, 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 and so our slogan 
is education, not medication. Education, not vaccination. With knowledge, we have power. And with that knowledge, we can become our own doctors. We can manage our own internal environments. And we, do no, we no longer have to be in fear, but we can walk in faith and in gratitude and really become who we truly are designed to be. And that's a being of joy uh, and to enjoy this life and all it has to offer rather than, you know, surviving, begin to thrive. Dr. Robert Young, thank you so much. I think what you've just said there was a fantastic way to actually uh, wrap up our conversation today. I've learned so much. Um, my head's just buzzing with all of the uh, gold nuggets that you've been dropping. I've got a couple of pages of notes here. I'm going to have to go back through them and, and do some more research on a few points that you brought up. Um, before we end today, was there anything that you would uh, like to say in, in conclusion? Well, I want to thank you for offering this uh, platform, you know, for uh, people like me uh, to share our, our science, our, our research, our, our findings, you know, uh, it, it, it's for me, it's about saving, it's about changing and saving lives. And, and people need to know this information. And so I encourage you to go uh, to my website at drrobertyoung.com and, and read, you know, I, I have within the last six months, I've posted probably over 150 articles on these subjects that you can just, you know, enjoy at your, at, at your own time. Uh, but there is everything we've talked about are covered in, in most of these articles. And I think you can learn a lot from that. Uh, so, you know, knowledge is power. As Moses said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. If we empower ourselves with understanding that we, we, we can live a life that is one of joy and because men are, women are, that they might have joy. And we're supposed to be happy. You know, we're supposed to be looking forward to the day, you know, and, and enjoying life. And so... Uh, that's my hope for humanity uh, is uh, that uh, we can stop surviving and start thriving. And I believe that we have the science and the research to back all this up. And we have the tools of which we can access uh, to be able to, to enjoy life as fullest. And those, I think those people that are, that are living a life of joy are living it uh, more simply. Uh, you know, and, uh, and they're living it from a point of gratitude, not of attitude. Uh, and so, uh, coming from a place of counting your many blessings and naming them one by one is a song that I sang as a little boy. And so I've, I've always tried to find myself in that place where I'm counting my many bless blessings naming them one by one as, as, as a husband, as, as a father, uh, you know, as a grandfather. Uh, these are the greatest callings. Uh, when we look at the family as the foundational unit of society, uh, 
you know, where people, where children feel safe, where there is a mother found and uh, where there's a father found and a mother and, and a loving environment. And that, that Einstein's theory of energy equals MC squared was missing a component. And that component is love equals energy times MC squared, uh, or energy equals MC squared. Love is the component that, that motivates all creation. And through pure love, uh, you know, which I believe we're loving beings, and we're all born that way, uh, that from love, you know, energy and matter then uh, manifests itself. We can access the unified force that we can then begin to be grateful for all that we have and enjoy and start taking care of not only ourselves, but then after we take care of ourselves because we love ourselves, that we love ourselves, we can love God and we can love our neighbor as ourselves, but we first have to love ourselves. And so from love, you know, we end up becoming who we truly are. A, uh, a, a, a eternal, loving, spiritual being here at school on earth uh, in the physical form, uh, living and enjoying and experiencing the duality of life. More love, less fear. Dr. Robert Young, thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful opportunity to speak with you and uh, I've learned so much in the time that I've had with you this evening. So once again, thank you. And uh, if you're ever in Australia, please let me know. I'd love to uh, catch up with you. Thank you so much. All the best to you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to humanly.com slash podcast and join the discussion. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and become part of our growing community of like-minded health professionals. Until next time.